Okay. Hey guys, welcome back to Part of the Story, Red Deer Public Library's official podcast. You are here with us still at home um, yes. through the phones. <laughs> the most fun of all technologies is yeah. everybody trying to use technology at one At the time. same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no problems there. No. Yeah. So today we kind of wanted to discuss deep um, dive into the world of public domains. Ooh. Yes. Public domains are super interesting, just like generally speaking. But the more I think we did our research, the more we were like, it's interesting, it's weird, but it's also super cool. It is. Yeah. There's, there's a lot to know. <laughs> there is. And there's so many different rules about public domain. So just in case people aren't familiar, um, the definition of what is the public domain like what mm-hmm. does it mean so I wrote down this it consists of all the creative work to which no exclusive intellectual property rights apply some are in the public domain either by virtue of having their ha- having been created before copyright even existed or by having their copyright term expire so that's all sounds very legally to me <laughs> It does. (laughs) Yeah, like lawyers were definitely involved in drafting that. So basically, Cliff's Notes version Mm -hmm. is it's things that belong to society as a whole versus one person, even the creator, owning it anymore. Or I guess their family line because, you know, most of these things are are after. That is interesting, too, because, like, I guess it it wouldn't just go to the estate of the person, right? And that's the interesting, like, I was thinking that that was the interesting part, too, because it's like, you create something, something super well known, um, like you take Beethoven, for example, so Mm -hmm. that's before copyright even existed. But anything where copyright would have existed or copyright laws existed, it's still under these laws of, well, if the person has passed away, you know, 70 years ago, 90 years ago, 100 years ago, it just belongs to the public, regardless of descendants. And I find that to be fascinating. (laughs) Well, it is. And because yeah. here's the thing, too, like, let's say Harry Potter, J.K. Rowling, like a yeah. huge empire Ooh, of stuff. Excellent. What's going to happen after she dies 70 years or yeah. however long after she dies? Is Harry Potter just going to be like public domain? Which is super interesting because that goes to the point of when I'm Googling like public domain, da, 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 uh, it's the biggest question is when is or will Mickey Mouse ever be in the public domain? Yeah. So one could argue Mickey Mouse and the character of Harry Potter, the world of Harry Potter are very uh, similar in terms of how they changed society, readers, mm-hmm. uh, people, like just with it being in the public consciousness for that long and that deeply. Yeah. Will those things be public domain oh i guess we'll have to wait to find out yeah (laughs) i mean we probably won't get to find out i know but maybe someone will unearth this podcast yeah you know 120 years years from now (laughs) i hope the world's better by then (laughs) i know so hopefully we're not all living in our basements still um and that things have become some type of utopia that's my dream yeah i know see what happens (laughs) living Um, in the basement is the dream yeah, I mean, it depends. I like choosing to stay home. Yeah. You know, like you have your day where you're like, oh, it's a Saturday. I'm going to do nothing. And you choose to stay home and it feels so luxurious. <laughs> and now it's like, well, you got to stay home. And you look around, you're like, well, I've already oh, done all the things I could possibly yeah. do. <laughs> I did all my home things. Now it's time to be out in the world. Oh, I know. Um, yeah, so that's fun. But we're all doing what we're supposed to be and we could have it 
a ton worse. Oh, and I yeah. know that people are frustrated and it's hard because humans are a social species. So mm-hmm. we're being told, you know, not to be, you know, physically huddled and, and together during this time, which is very hard for sure. Yeah. But I like that they changed their messaging from um, social distancing to physical distancing. Yes. Because like we're visiting now, we're doing this podcast. We're not physically in the same room. No. But we are together. Exactly. Well, and that's the thing too. It, it, it does get kind of confusing because this is such like a new term, right? Like no oh, one's ever sure. heard of social distancing. So yeah, people don't know what it is. So you basically just have to say, it basically means you don't go outside unless you're going for a walk. You don't go over yeah. to someone's houses and you go for groceries once a week. <laughs> yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So it's it's hard. And I know that everyone's learning, like, you know, governments oh, yeah. are learning how to make these messages sort of on the fly, because spoiler alert, this is everyone's first rodeo at a pandemic. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if anyone so, is still alive who um, would have been around for the Spanish flu. Well, interestingly, there are some people that are like over 100. There was one article, I think it was in the Daily Mail in the UK paper, and um, the woman had lived she was like seven years old or something during Spanish flu and she's still alive. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so like, good for you, lady. Like, but sorry, you had to have longevity. Of them. Yeah. Way to have some longevity though. <laughs> um, so, but anyway, <laughs> we digress slightly as we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we were looking at the public domain, I know that Sage looked at a couple of different websites and so did I. Um, one of my favorites was Project Gutenberg because I liked the history of it, but then I also liked how easy it was to use. It's not beautiful, but it was easy to use. Mm -hmm. So Project Gutenberg is a volunteer effort to digitize and archive cultural works. It was founded in 1971, so it is the oldest digital Mm -hmm. library. Which is they were ahead of their so time. cool. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine the computers that were used? The, I guess, maybe microfiche. Yeah. The people, like, hand typing in some sort of deep, dark basement. It would be very like, cool. Who, right? <laughs> who even knows? And I love that there was sort of the foresight of people who love books and love literature and love all those things to be like, we need these to exist for Forever. generations. Yeah. yeah. So and I love know, that because worst case scenario, your building burns down, your library burns yes, down. <laughs> exactly. Cause that's what happened at the library at Alexandria, right? Mm-hmm. Like all of those scrolls, all of like so much of human history was lost in one fire and you never like knock on wood mm-hmm. that libraries are all safe in the world, but sometimes you just never know lightning strikes. Well, exactly. So it's good to have these digital backups. No, it's not the same. (laughs) Like, I think if you're a reader, paper is in your heart. It trumps all, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You like to hear that noise of that paper turning. You like to feel that. Yeah. smell sometimes. Particular smell. Yeah. It's very that. So, I mean, digital is a good backup. Yeah. In my opinion. Plus, for some of these things, the easiest way to get something is digital because things go out of print. Especially nowadays. They become... Yeah, yeah. I, you can't count how many times like someone will come up and be like, I'm looking for this, this book yep. that was last printed in like 1966. And yep. I need to know how to get it. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah, sometimes and sometimes it's like, okay, well, I can get this copy for you. Or sometimes, you know, you go to look it up and an original copy of cause you can imagine original texts of well known texts are now very expensive, mm-hmm. or they're too fragile to handle. So if we didn't have this type of archive so much it wouldn't would be read probably be lost to us yeah. yeah 
Yeah, it's very cool. And you, um, you were looking at a different site. Yeah, I right? I found one. It was called standardebooks.org. Um, okay. So kind of the same thing where they just had like a ton of classic, um, like titles. Um, and easy to interface. Yes. Like... Yeah. Yeah. Super easy. And when you're looking through, it would show like kind of the picture, like the front picture of the book, and then have the title Ooh, and cool. then underneath. And you can search, and it was pretty pretty nice to browse. Um, but yeah, they, they have it. I think they have it. So you can also like download onto like Kobo's and stuff. I, I didn't do that because I don't have a Kobo, so I can't say if it actually yeah. works or not. Um, well, I noticed on project Gutenberg that it did have, I think most titles had five or six different versions, download yeah. options, including some audiobook options. So definitely Check into look that. into that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this one too, it had them all, like when you would click on a book, um, some of them would show up and it would be as if like the book pages were scanned. So you could see like, oh, like the middle, that. the middle of the book, you know, like creased in <laughs> into the scanner. Um, so it's almost as if you're reading a paper book, but if you yeah. can't access Plus it's it. Plus it's a different kind of art kind of. Yeah, like, like it the would font just and the, yeah. you know, like the ink on the page. Like Ooh. what did it look like at the time? <laughs> exactly. Right? Like, even if we can't fondle the books, though, I do love to fondle the books. <laughs> like, what did it look like when someone had that in their hands? Seriously, yeah. So yeah. Um, that's a good one, too, if you guys are interested in, you know, reading reading some classics. Because we all have time. We should be. We all have the time yeah. now. And they're fun. Like, there's so many. People think that classics or in public domain things are just Shakespeare or, you know. And there is other... a lot of that, but it's not just that. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> But they are more like, I'm going to say contemporary, but they're like a hundred years old yeah, <laughs> novels and like things that you wouldn't normally think about. You can think about, um, you know, different mysteries, different um, genres that, you know, you think, oh, oh, I know that book. How can that exist in the public domain? Mm-hmm. But it does. Well, and that's so, the thing too. A lot of these books are like the founding fathers of the books we read Of today. all these modern day yeah, authors. So, and for sure, that's the thing with um, public domain too is it's all free to use. So there's no yeah. like exclusive exclusive intellectual like property rights to any of it. So you can use it to like yeah. study them, um, like add on to them. You can use them as inspiration or like develop or to own. act them out. Exactly. Um, yeah, even just do the play. You know, a Shakespeare play. Yeah. You don't have to buy the rights to do it as as a school play. So yeah, it just belongs. I love that it just belongs to like the global to everyone. There's just something that like my little romantic heart loves that. (laughs) Like the The world can share a single piece of literature. Yeah. And that it matters to so many different people and cultures and countries and whatever, like that it doesn't matter what language it might've been originally in Mm -hmm. that it it's so important. And it's, it has so stood the test of time that people are like, no, we need to keep this like this matters still yep. this is still worth something to society i just love that yeah. it makes <laughs> pretty me cute so happy. no it just makes me so happy i love it so much yeah it's very cool and and like you always hear you hear the words thrown around public domain but you don't really ever look yeah. into what it means you're like oh yeah i know i know that it or involves, how broad like, it is exactly yeah. or all the stipulations because there's a lot mm-hmm. of rules that apply but then also there always seems to be um different like but but in this case it doesn't or like they don't have to in this case like a lot of kind of um you know different rules so it can be a little confusing confusing especially from country to country like we're not even very started on that (laughs) yeah i wish it would just be the same everywhere for sure but i love that these websites have sort of done the legwork for us like if you're 
if you're wondering, oh, like I know that title, I would love to know if it's in public domain, you can go to Project Gutenberg, you can go to standard ebooks, they've done the legwork for and then you. And you can just go ahead and read so, it, you know? Yeah, so it's there. It's very cool. It's amazing. So when we were thinking about things in the public domain and what we might recommend, um, I don't know about stage, but <laughs> it turns out my almost English degree that I completed, or I should say <laughs> almost my, English. my English degree that I almost completed, yes. um, did come in handy a little bit. It turns out that I have read a lot of like big L literature. I, I would so, say like a like, majority of the ones that you hear about, like you've probably read them. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I didn't really realize, plus I sort of forgot because I don't know, maybe banished it from my memory <laughs> as you do with like school exactly. stuff sometimes. Yep. Because when you're reading it for homework, it just feels different than when you're reading it for pleasure. But I thought that I would get into um, like my favorite type of recommendation, which is a romance recommendation. <laughs> um, Jane Austen. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't love Jane Austen? Or who isn't familiar, I should say. I feel like Jane even Austen. if you haven't read it, if you're familiar oh, yeah. with, like, if you're in the book library scene, you've heard of it. <laughs> you've probably oh, heard a little know, bit like, about it. you know, like, the basics. Oh, yeah, you yeah. definitely know the basics of the story. You definitely know about, like, no, I don't think there's anyone in the world who's like, I've never heard of Jane Austen. Oh, probably not. Um, <laughs> so Pride and Prejudice is her most popular, probably recognized yeah. and loved title, I would say. And it's good. I'm not going to say it's not good. I did it holds enjoy up. it. Oh, I love the adaptations, as <laughs> always. Um, I think they have the Kira Knightley one on Netflix now. So if you haven't watched it, you have some homework. homework. <laughs> it yeah. will be my homework. Because uh, <laughs> it's so excellent. It's just feel good. Yeah. Because it's like it's a light romance. It's, you know, it's everything that I love. But my favorite Jane Austen is not Pride and Prejudice, which is perhaps a little controversial to the Jane Austen lovers, (laughs) but it's uh, Persuasion. Mm -hmm. Persuasion is my absolute, like, apex Jane Austen. I don't know why I love it so much. It's also a romance, right? Oh, of course course. it is. (laughs) Is that all Um, she writes, or has she written, or did she uh, write other things, too? I don't know. I am not a Jane Austen expert, but all of her published novels are, like, romantic elements okay. for sure romantic-esque um, things yes yeah. okay oh for sure um so persuasion is my favorite it has captain wentworth and Anne elliott i mean his name is captain wentworth yeah you can't like, really go wrong with that can you yeah. <laughs> that just makes me happy so they are separated when they're sort of late teens because everyone gets married at 18 in jane austen and if you're not you're an old maid um <laughs> i'm an old maid so, Oh, yeah, same. I am so far into an old maid that's not even funny. Um, so, you know, they are separated and then he goes off to war and makes his fortune. And, and her dad, who was formerly, well, he still is in the aristocracy, mm-hmm. but they've fallen on harder times. And now he's sort of in a better position than she was, you know, some 10 years prior. And he's coming back and he's sort of looking for a wife and he doesn't seem to be looking in Anne Elliot's direction. And then your heart is very full of angst and blah, blah, blah. Happy ending. Uh, of course. <laughs> As they all, like, that's what I love Jane Austen too. Like, and that's why I would say that she's sort of a precursor to modern day romance yeah. because she, she doesn't have that sad ending. No. You know, like, like almost predictable in a way, but like in yeah. a good way. Right. Yeah. In that way that's like comfortable. Yes. And comforting, I guess. Because sometimes that's all you want is like a comfort read or something, you know. 
And like, if I'm reading romance and it tells me that it's a romance and it doesn't have a happy ending, it's not a romance. And to me, a happy ending is they end up together. <laughs> it's not a romance. And if you try to sell it to me as a romance, like that Sadly is the hill that I die on. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's just, it's not a romance. I'm sorry, but it's just not. Fair enough. Um, but speaking, we were just a few moments ago of books sort of being precursors to, you know, well-known genres that we know today. Jane Austen obviously being a precursor to our modern day romance genre, mm-hmm. obviously with less like smexy bits, like less adult content. Right. <laughs> um, but if you're looking at like horror or sci-fi, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is definitely sort of the, let's call it the grandmother novel yes. to that whole genre too. And Mary Shelley was a teenager when she wrote it. Isn't that crazy? I heard somewhere that she was 16, but I feel like she was 19 or 20. Still but though, the point is pretty young. Very young to have like that sort of story and to be a woman and to have that time period happening. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. And it's like I remember reading Frankenstein probably for Victorian lit and enjoying it fine. Yeah. Um, but again, it was homework. I enjoyed it more than Dracula, which maybe for some people that's (laughs) controversial. I don't know. Um, But it was so, it's so, like, it's a short novel. So it doesn't, it's not a thousand page. It's not Les Mis. Yeah. Um, And it's interesting because it's it's really about the human condition. It's not like, as most sci-fi things are, even when they're exploring like aliens and, and all that kind of stuff. Mostly it's like, what does it mean to be human? Yeah, exactly. More than like whatever like humanity as a whole too right yeah and what does how do we behave as a group like are we chasing people who are different with pitchforks you know like as what happens in Frankenstein (laughs) it's just yeah so I like I like that sci-fi can so freely imagine or reimagine or you know get into the human condition Mm -hmm. from a completely different perspective because oftentimes it's from like the outside perspective not necessarily from um, the human element but it's like a, a more advanced race looking at us or a quote-unquote monster like Frankenstein looking at humans and yeah. seeing like what we are and what we mean to each other so I do like that very interesting yeah I like it a lot and so my next pick I sort of grappled with ha- like recommending let's call it okay um so it's jonathan swift's uh modest proposal and if you recognize the name jonathan smith you probably are not smith swift excuse me (laughs) sorry jonathan um you probably know it from gulliver's travels because that's probably his most well-known piece Mm -hmm. of, of work but a modest proposal is a satirical piece that was originally i think in like a newspaper or in like a periodical And it was basically a satirical piece on what should be done with people experiencing poverty. How how does one fix that problem? Right. Okay. So complicated question. Very complicated question. But he makes the solution logical, like absolutely horrifying. And it just shows you, again, like, are we willing to accept these terms? Because he's arguing something that is is nothing that we would ever do mm-hmm. i mean i hope not and anyone who thinks that it's a good idea i have to <laughs> have to ask you to re-examine <laughs> um but it's an interesting piece on 
whether numbers and science and logic means more than humans and empathy and and heart. Right. So it's a short, short read. It's like a dissertation length, like an essay length. Um, and it's, if you're reading it literally, it's a problem. <laughs> like, you'll be like, big time. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? What are you advocating here? But it's satirical, right? Um, so it's, it is satirical. It, and it's, if you read it with the, that idea in mind, I think you get to hear it on two different levels. You can read it sort of as like, what if people were reading this logically? Right. Like, what if that's all that mattered was like the logic and the numbers of it versus like, if I know this is quote unquote a joke, what does that mean? Well, and does everyone so, think it's a joke too, right? Like, exactly. <laughs> are there people reading so it, it and would be like, that's a good idea. We should do that. And at the time, at least this is what I recall from studying it. A lot of people were absolutely outraged and horrified. Like, how could this be the suggestion? Like, what is this? Right. But then you always have that other side of humanity, like, but the numbers check, you know what I mean? So it's just interesting. And I would recommend, you know, reading it because it does get referenced uh, a fair bit. I think people would see the themes, Mm -hmm. uh, like a recurring theme in other pieces, particularly in um, any sort of newspaper article type pieces. I think that you, you do see, again, those themes and those devices being used right on you know multiple occasions across the board and then canadiana because how can we not (laughs) suggest a piece of canadiana it's it would be illegal i feel like um so a book that was not super important to me as a child but like looking back seems important to me now plus just cbc's on sunday nights wrote to emily <laughs> anne of green gables hello such a classic so i know anne of green gables in the public domain so obviously there's no excuse not to get your hands on anne of green gables well and yeah. read it. well and that's the thing too and it's like those are the types of books and like they are still being published so luckily like if you don't like reading on a computer or a tablet like yeah. we do still have those available at the library yeah. when we open back up but um like yeah we, they are still in print so there's a lot of stuff that is in the public domain but you don't have to get it online like it's not so old no. that you know that's the your only source for it right like, well I'll- and with books like this like anything in the public domain multiple publishers can publish those titles exactly so depending on your preference of like say you like a larger, like a trade paperback style, or maybe you want a pocketbook, mm-hmm. or maybe you prefer a hardcover. Like publishers There's are options. publishing these titles all the time. So you can choose your preferred format. Yeah. And I think with Anne of Green Gables, the format is whatever you can get your hands on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I yeah, I don't think that I I can't remember reading it as a child. I definitely read it as like a teenager. And I was so into, I think her name is Megan Follows, something like that. The one who plays. Um, the original Anne, yeah. the 80s Anne. I don't know what's happening in these <laughs> 2000s, but um, my Anne, I just, oh, I loved her so much. And she was just so full of spirit. And she just is Anne of Green Gables to me. So every time I think of that book or even just anything about that, I just, I think of her and how perfect she was. <laughs> So, yeah, got a little it just, like, makes my little yeah, it just makes my little heart so yeah. happy. Like I loved her as a child. I loved like turning on CBC Sunday nights and like 
whether you know Road to Avonlea was on or Anne of Green Gables I was just so excited they were it was like shows. the perfect Sunday and, yeah. and they were the kind of show that so like great. you could watch like with your parents like they enjoyed it and also yeah like, the it was like family it, right? tv yeah yeah like proper family tv I loved oh I loved CBC like Wonderful World of Disney on Sunday nights too. Oh my I always I always liked my Saturday morning cartoons. Like we're properly Canadian kids, like yeah. <laughs> Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> yeah. So good. Um oh, those I'm just gonna days. make three quick recommendations. One, mm-hmm. if you've never read Agatha Christie before, I would recommend The Mysterious Affair at Styles. I can't figure out why, but she doesn't have a ton of books in the public domain, or at least not on Project Gutenberg. So I don't know what the rules are for everything. I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> but The Mysterious Affair at Styles would be, um, I think, and you listeners can correct me if I'm wrong, the first time that Hercule Poirot, which is sort of her main you know, detective. detective yeah yeah main main guy uh, meets his sidekick his like watson type who's hastings so it's quite good and i would recommend that yes. again like uh sort of a precursor to our modern day mysteries like agatha christie definitely blazed a trail she there. did yeah um, and she's still so popular oh my gosh like movie adaptations are coming out even now well yeah what was so, it like a couple of years ago murder on the orient express the movie came out with yep. like a like loaded cast and Death on the Nile is supposed to come out this year, Ooh. but everything's getting pushed back. So maybe it's 2021 now. I'm still but looking the point forward is, to like, it. It's still, like, it's still in the public consciousness of what they want to see and hear and engage yeah. with. So you can go back into the, into the deep, dark annals of Agatha Christie cool. and read Mysterious Affair at Styles. And then a well-known, again, a well-known story would be The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, which is a Robert Louis Stevenson like short book I would call it a novella it's very short it's less than 200 pages mm-hmm. um and I think we all know the story of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde <laughs> so if yeah so if you're looking for something where you want to sort of start with a base knowledge that's the place like, to start. start with that one yeah cool and like the language is not you know hard to get into because I mean some things are older English yeah. and it's you just, need like a not, like a cliff notes on the side of like okay, yeah what's... it's not the easiest to get into yeah. right so I would definitely recommend Robert Louis Stevenson um again correct me if I'm wrong world but I think he writes uh Treasure Island oh, okay so um if you like his writing style or if you want something completely different in his writing style because I don't think you can be that much different <laughs> um get into that one cool. and then I am going to because my poetry class that really was super painful for me to get into (laughs) to pass to love etc um i'm going to recommend two poetry books and they're by william blake and it's the songs of innocence and the songs of experience and looking back on them now i think i would like it more if i didn't have to like deep dive into each poem and what each word meant and what they're trying to say it's better if you can just appreciate it for what it is and yeah just read it it, appreciate it and then keep going and yeah so when I was looking through I was like I know there's a poem that starts with a particular line and I'm looking through and I'm looking through and then I realized that it basically tells me in the first line what the poem is called. So it's Tiger, Tiger, Burning Bright is the first um, like couplet of lines. And so in the Songs of Experience, the poem is the tiger. Okay. And I would definitely recommend 
that if you're looking at getting into William Blake or just looking at getting into poetry or want to check this out, this is a poem that you would know, like that people would know. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like uh, Robert Frost, the woods are lovely, dark and deep, but I have, I don't know, promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep, like lines that we know in like the human I don't know, consciousness and they come up or they're in books or at the beginning of quotes yeah. or whatever. And that poem, like William Blake's poem, The Tiger, I think if people do like look it up and read it, you'd be like, oh, I do know that. <laughs> it's it's you crazy. Know what I mean? That's what's stuff... so funny. Well, and that's the thing yeah. too. And it's like, if you did hear that in a movie or like in a song, they could use yeah. that because it was in the public domain. Exactly. Or like you're your brain sort of starts clicking into things and you're like, oh, I heard this here and then I heard it here. Yeah. And it's like that thing that you just start recognizing because you recognized it that first time. Exactly. So you see that thread throughout. I love it. Yeah, pretty so cool. Good. So we kind of wanted to um, do some recommendations for ourselves or things that we, you know, you see, you never get to read, but you think you know it so you don't bother. Um, because yeah, that's the things <laughs> we want to put on our list. <laughs> that's a lot of my list. Yeah. Um, so the first one I have on there and, and by browsing the websites too, I, I, you get to see a lot of things that you wouldn't normally see in your normal browsing. Um, unless you kind of go to that section and you know what you're looking for at the library. Um, so my first one is Oliver Twist by Charles Dickens. Which is super well known. Yes. There's a oh, Disney yeah. cartoon, <laughs> Oliver and Company. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know it, that's okay. I don't really, I don't know it. So I'm going to read it. <laughs> I don't really because I imagine Disney took some creative licensing I would story. <laughs> I would assume. Because <laughs> Oliver and Company is about dogs. But oh, I imagine. That would be the version I'd like. It's so cute. Billy Joel does like a song. I'm pretty sure he's also the voice of like whatever oh, the cool what the dog heck? name is. That's pretty cool. I know. Okay. It's a super old one. <laughs> Good job, Disney. 80s, baby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> second one is in high school, I really liked like our Shakespeare unit in English. Yeah. Um, it was always pretty interesting and it takes a while to get used to, but you kind of just you know you get used to it and then you have your little cliff the language on the seduces sides. you well it does yeah. and it's something different too to read like it's yeah I'm, i love reading like you know my my mystery all that kind of stuff um but it's just a different language so it kind of makes your brain work a little bit harder if you're bored mm -hmm. <laughs> so um my shakespeare one i have much ado about nothing my favorite of all because time. you know we don't get to read that <laughs> those ones in school no um i also have three musketeers by Alexandra Dumas. Dumas. We're gonna go with that. Dumas. It's definitely a French name. <laughs> Alexandra Dumas. There we go. It's enough. <laughs> um, I have Count of Monte Cristo on my list. Yes. Well, there you go. But yeah, but he, both of his, like both of those novels are like thousand chunky. pagers. They're chunkers. Yeah. <laughs> they. You're committed. You're getting married to that novel. That might be at the bottom of my list. Then that might be last. We'll yeah. see. <laughs> like, I have owned a copy for I don't know how long and I keep telling myself like each summer that's gonna be my summer well here you go this summer through. we might have the time yeah. <laughs> true just be out of the deck the whole time yeah just with uh Count of Monte Cristo can't come out of quarantine <laughs> until leave, I'm done can't leave the yard yeah <laughs> and my last one know. well we'll see <laughs> the last one is Adventures of Tom, Tom Sawyer by Mark Twain because classic, what a, what a Twain. classic yeah yeah it has some interesting like language that like isn't great for like pc it could be triggering yeah. <laughs> but um still i think it's one of those things that is still worth engaging with i know that there's a lot of sort of controversy around whether 
you know, certain language should be omitted from, you know, newer texts and like that sort of thing. And, and maybe in some versions, I mean, there are children's versions of Tom Sawyer. Well, exactly. Or, you know, and I think you have to think about your audience, but I also think you have to think about sort of pretending that that time didn't exist in our history also. Well, that's a big part of it too. Yeah. yeah. If you if you refuse to read a, like a book with, you know, certain language in it, then it is, it is kind of omitting that it ever happened and people, you know, yeah. or, use that language to talk to other people. So, yeah. And if you aren't a fan of the language, you don't have to read it the book. No. Absolutely. But you shouldn't pretend like you shouldn't redo that book as though that language never existed exactly i don't know i think it's slippery slope yeah it can be like people are going to be debating that forever yeah it will never end (laughs) yeah so my most i don't know exciting find Mm -hmm. on um project gutenberg was a book called the chic by em hall yes oh yes I think you know by the name where I'm going with this. It's written in 1919. (laughs) It is, it's a romance, people. And it's not, it's not PC. I was going to say, it's not a, it's not a now, a a now's, now kind of day. Oh yeah. The language, how women are treated. The (laughs) storyline. Oh word. It's like Um, a Stockholm syndrome kind of relationship. Yeah. It's a Stockholm syndrome romance. Mm -hmm. So as, as they are, how do you not have a romance with a little bit of Stockholm mm-hmm. syndrome thrown in? Uh, my favorite, Beauty and the Beast. I mean, well, that is true. it is in my that wheelhouse. <laughs> I guess you don't think about it when it's like, you know, a kid's... A cartoon? Yeah. <laughs> a kid's movie. <laughs> but it is. It is. And um, so The Sheik, I came across it and I said to myself, well, I'm going to read it. Like, this is on my TV read list. Mm-hmm. But then I couldn't help myself. So, <laughs> so you read it. I read it on... Oh, yeah. Read it on Tuesday night. And it was everything in this world that I needed and wanted in this moment. It was it was so bad that it was excellent. And the cover that I found online on Goodreads when I added it to my Goodreads um, is the movie poster cover because they made a movie of this book oh, in the did? 1920s. Oh, no. Oh, my word. <laughs> if I can get my hands on this movie, like I'm going to figure out if I can stream it somewhere or if I can like buy it. I have to bootleg it. I need to get my hands on this. I can only movie. imagine <laughs> what it like, would be like. Oh, I'm so excited. Like that's like my that's now my you know my whale my white whale is getting my hands on this movie. Yeah. So it's all I want in this world. But the book was so good. If you're a romance reader, um, it's definitely a precursor to like 1970s like bodice ripper romances where nothing is PC. If, if you like romance is and, dubious and you don't best. mind a little controversy. <laughs> yeah this one's for you definitely oh I loved it and it was short it was like I don't know 260 pages or something yeah. it was so short get through that um, but afternoon. it was oh it was magic it was true magic <laughs> people are gonna read that and then they're gonna be like oh my god Claire I know <laughs> like, what are you into and, like to be honest like come at me yeah like it's not even the worst one I've ever read so very true like, there are worse especially especially recent too like it you know oh there's like they're romance of all different kinds yeah. and i recognize that the relationships are not healthy as yeah. <laughs> oh yeah i guess i'm not we reading them as with a how to yeah i'm not reading them as a how-to novel i'm not advocating you know kidnapping your would-be significant other and hoping that stockholm syndrome you know <laughs> kicks in and you live happily ever after that's not what i'm advocating yeah. so just just so we are all just so we page. know where i step yeah yeah Good. <laughs> gotta clear the air yeah <laughs> right <laughs> 
so sort of what got us thinking about public domain and everything else was well, obviously we're all at home so yeah, still we have time and things <laughs> to do um but then also libby so our app our digital app that we have at the library recently well libby didn't do it by itself a <laughs> librarian bought the duke classic Yay. which is a collect yeah it's a collection of over 3800 titles that are available for simultaneous use which for some of you, if you don't know, Libby is basically like a physical library. Like we'll have one or two copies of a particular title, but it's like you're borrowed the physical yeah, book. If, if it's someone has out, it, you can't put have it on it. hold. Yeah, exactly. But these Duke classics are simultaneous use, meaning even if 400 people are reading that book, you can be 401. Which is so cool. Because then it, you know, it is so you don't have cool. to wait for a couple weeks to read a book that you want and and if you're running quick. a book club right now, well, that's perfect. Too. And you don't have access to the library, or I mean, you can't even you know pop into chapters or whatever. Um, pick a classic book that your book club can have access to across different mediums. Yeah. You're good to go. Yeah, that's no true. one spent any money, and you can all read it at the same time. That's very nice. So I would recommend. Well, that it. is the thing. Like a yeah. lot of people come into the library and they're like, "Oh, I, I need this book for book club," but it's such a new yep. popular book that we have yep. like eight copies but there's 64 people waiting in line so you know it's going to be <laughs> yeah. we have a it's lot be a of minute. copies but yeah. look at how many people are still waiting for them right and if, if someone exactly. keeps them for the full three weeks like let's say they read it in two days and then don't bring it back for the full three yeah. weeks which everyone has the right to do that but yeah it can take a while it takes like you when you think about the timelines it takes a minute yeah. <laughs> so that is very nice so, i'm glad they did that yeah would recommend it and then if you're looking at um, like per- perhaps you prefer to listen because sometimes it's easier to listen to older texts and whatever yes. um, through audiobook. Um, RB Digital has a great selection. So RB Digital is another service that we offer mm-hmm. and it has a great selection of just audiobooks in general. And they, again, are simultaneous use. So uh, you can be listening to it. I can be listening to it for other people down the street can be listening to it. And that's the thing. So it's, it's just like, something to keep in mind. That's the thing. Even like if you are part of a book club, but even like your family or friends, like if, if that's a good yeah. way for you guys to like do something together yeah. and then, you know, FaceTime yep. call to talk about that book. Because even my yep. grandma, like I've talked to her like the past couple of days in a row and it's kind of like, well, what's new? Well, not much. Haven't really left the house. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, oh, no, starting a little digital book club right conversation now. in two days. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it makes it easy for people to, you know, to come up with things to do. So the the yeah. mundane hours of your day, if you don't have a ton to do, it's a little bit more exciting. Yeah. And plus, you're expanding your mind and your horizons. Yeah. And you're maybe you're using this time to read that book that you always wanted. Exactly. To. And then if you have your little book club, you're making others read it, too. So then it's more of a community type of effort. Yeah. So you can all come together and chat about it. See? books bring people together oh, my favorite thing it's amazing what a good suggestion Sage. Yeah. thank you That's so good <laughs> thanks yeah. no it's really good i love it <sighs> people should be doing that yeah. and i want to hear about yes. it tag let us, us know. on twitter and you know <laughs> you guys can let us know like what have you been doing to like you know get yourself through these you know difficult not Long easy times sometimes. yeah let yeah. us know because i'm sure we all need suggestions because you can only do so much for so long right <laughs> You can only yeah. clean your room a certain See, amount of times. Be part of our new thing that we can tell our grandmas exactly. about. Oh, thank so you. So-and-so on Twitter told <laughs> yeah. us this. Yeah. Oh, then I'll have to explain that, and that'll be, too- <laughs> that'll be a long phone call. But I mean, now's the time, Sage. Oh, I know. <laughs> you should do some groundwork now. Tell your Oma, or not, 
I would tell my Oma about what Twitter is, and then the next day be like, <laughs> "Someone talked to me." And then she'd be like, "How does she, how do they know you?" And well, they don't. <laughs> and then she'll be exactly. like, "You need to be I'm safer." To strangers on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure that's a good idea? <laughs> I can see it already. <laughs> so before we go, as always, we'll leave you with what we're reading, watching, and listening yes. to. So Sage, what are you reading? Uh, you know, I've been, I'm sure as a lot of other people, a little distracted <laughs> the last yeah. couple weeks or I don't know, two weeks. How long has it even been? <laughs> Feels like years. Nobody knows. Um, yeah. So I, I haven't really picked up my books at all. I just haven't really been in the mood, um, but I'm sure that will change. Yeah. So I'm still, you know, gunning to finish that um, debt-free lifestyle by Christine Conway that I mentioned last week. Um, nice. I'm, I'm going to finish it because I need to know about mortgages. So when this is all over, I can buy a cheap house, <laughs> basically the way things are going. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm still reading that one. Um, nice. I am watching um, just like old kitchen nightmares with Gordon Ramsay reruns on YouTube. Magic. They have like full episodes on there. They're great. <laughs> I would recommend watching the uncensored ones. Cause you know, if you're going to watch Gordon Ramsay screaming at people, you got to know what he's saying. So Oh, absolutely. Um, those are <laughs> those are a lot of fun. Um, and then I haven't been listening to a ton of stuff in particular, just my regular podcasts and things like that. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of my music is music that I listen to the gi- at the gym and I haven't been going to the gym, although I have been trying to do things at home. So I have <laughs> I have been doing mm-hmm. that, but I've just needed like calm music. So I've on Spotify, yeah. they have like a lot of um, like user or Spotify curated playlists that people make. So just like a good old coffee house playlist of like acoustic nice. guitars and like if you need a, an example, <laughs> um, Jack Johnson banana pancakes that like brings me back to like good <laughs> middle school days. <laughs> so <laughs> that's when a you good were song. Free. Yeah, it's a good song. It just makes you happy and like feel good. Plus, it's summery. It's summery vibes, it particularly this week when we're so wintry outside. I, know. I did again. go for a walk today, and it was it was warmer than I thought it was going to be because it was sunny. But if that wind picked up and if the clouds came in, yeah. no, I'm it's going a, back yeah, inside. It's a completely different story. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Claire? Um, what do you got? So obviously, I read the yes. Sheik because it was magical. <laughs> and then last week we were talking about J.R. Ward, yes. and then it got me thinking. I have some J.R. Wards that I own but have not yet mm-hmm. read. So I was also in a slump of like, just like not having a great attention mm-hmm. span, not being able to really get into a book. And it's you know, tricky. And that's weird. Yeah. And it's weird for me because it is my comfort thing. It's the thing that I do the most. So to go, I did go quite a number of days, like maybe almost two weeks without wow. reading. And I sort of, for me, that's it. normal, but and, for you, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, very, it's, it was a very strange yeah. thing. Just everything's in upheaval. So everything just kind of feels strange. Weird. So I got into Black uh, Dagger Legacy. Oh, yes. A sequel series, oh. The Black Dagger Brotherhood. Um, and the book was called Blood Truth. And it just was candy. And I didn't need to think too much. And it was easy enough to get That's into. That's what you need sometimes. I wanted in the moment. Yeah. It was, it was just great. So it has started me actually on a bit of a reading spree. Well, not as much as I normally yeah. do. But it sort of got me back into it in the last, like, I don't know five or six days and um so I felt better about that it's nice to have the routine again of like reading before bed and and all that kind of stuff that's what I've been trying to do too is just like keeping a routine yeah you know I I'm sure a lot of people are waking up at like 2 p.m and that kind of thing which if (laughs) your day just if you do that's totally fine because time 
is a concept. It doesn't even matter anyways, <laughs> especially now. Um, oh, but yeah, sure. I still wake up at like 7.30, you know, go to bed at 10. <laughs> I feel like an old man. I've been, yeah, I've been going to bed my normal times, but I've actually been waking up earlier oh, than See, I have been. And this and will get us prepared feeling. for like when things go back to normal and like we'll just yeah. be productive will... out of the gate, right? <laughs> yeah, well, we'll yeah. see. We'll, let's not go that far. Um, so I've been watching a lot of movies. I haven't been getting into series as much, like, except for Tiger oh, King, which God. we all watched. And we all finished. Right? And um, <laughs> if you haven't way. watched it, you need to. I don't care oh, what you say. It. Um, it's wild. <laughs> so some of the movies I've been watching, um, my friend and I were doing a movie swap monthly. So his pick for me last month was uh, No Country for Old Men. And my pick for him was Ryan Johnson's directorial debut called Brick. So I finally watched No Country for do Old Men. Do you guys pick themes it's, when you do um, that? Or is it just whatever you, whatever no, you feel like? No, it's like movies that, well, kind of. It's movies that we want the other person to have watched, but you know they like, haven't. They would yeah. never choose for themselves, <laughs> kind of. Um, so like, I know, objectively speaking, that No Country for Old Men is a good movie. It's one, like, or it was nominated for Academy Awards, mm-hmm. the Joel and Ethan Cohen uh, movie. And like, it's well acted and all that kind of stuff. It's just not my That's cup fair. of tea. It was a good yeah, it was fine. Um, so we're going to be exchanging our other ones um, probably by the Perfect. end of this week. And uh, then I watched Pirates of the Caribbean. Those are good movies. Obviously. I hadn't watched it in so long. And I forgot like how good and like swashbuckling <laughs> adventure I haven't like, either. And like the oh, music. The music I just, is so good. I beautiful yeah. soundtrack. And then leading into my, what I was listening, or what I am listening to sort of on repeat is I rewatched Garden State, the movie, which is Zach mm-hmm. Braff's movie. I think also his directorial debut, if I'm not mistaken, and, or at least featured debut. And I love the soundtrack to Garden State. So I've been listening to that just, again, background noise on repeat because it's fairly, like, mellow and easy to just listen to while I'm working away nice. on stuff. So, yeah, it's been, my, it's been my listen to for sure. Very cool. So Sage and I will be back yeah. next week. <laughs> given that topic. uh you know technology is still working but <laughs> we'll see yeah we we are hoping so if you have any suggestions for us hit us up on twitter sage is at s black rdpl and i am at what yes, yes or you can tweet the library at rdpl otherwise we will make our own topic and it will be <laughs> and you guys can't say anything about it because you didn't let us know exactly, so. exactly. we don't want to hear any complaints if you don't vote yeah if you don't vote you don't have a choice (laughs) for many things (laughs) so exactly it's a good life lesson so let us know um any any type of feedback i mean we do prefer positive feedback obviously (laughs) but we will take you know it's been a hard couple of weeks so just be nice to us please (laughs) yeah yeah be gentle i think we all need it (laughs) um so yeah for sure so we will see you guys again next week bye Bye, clay talk to you guys later bye guys